Good morning. You have me today. Uh, this is the third in a series of uh, homilies we are to give on uh, certain aspects involved around the Eucharist. And uh, we had six subjects given, and by the time I looked at the email, five of them had been taken, so there was only one left to choose from. And uh, it happened to be, ironically, the choice I would have made had I had first pick. It covers the importance of the Mass, even if we do not receive communion. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now, Mass for me has been the pinnacle of my worship for a long time. It was sometime in the mid-90s that I tried to attend the daily Mass whenever I could, and that led to my vocation to the diaconate. And I believe that the purpose of Mass is to worship God, to participate in the representation of Christ's own sacrifice of himself on the cross and in his resurrection and to try to elevate my life to be closer to God. We will only get out of our relationship with God what we put into it. In Mass, we gather as a member of the body of Christ and place ourselves in the hand of our God. Mass is the perfect sacrifice created by Christ at the Last Supper. Catechism number 1325 states, that the Mass is the culmination of God's action, sanctifying the world in Christ and of the worship we offer in Christ and through him to the Father in the Holy Spirit. Mass is the gateway to the Eucharist. Without Mass, there is no Eucharist. Mass is inseparable from the Eucharist. If we really think about who we are and who God is, and what we owe God, we should want to be at Mass. Mass should be the source and summit of our own spiritual life. Bishop Fulton Sheen said that if you do not get anything out of Mass, it is because you have the wrong expectations for Mass. He goes on to say that Mass is not for our enjoyment and entertainment, but is for the worship of God who made us and saved us and gave us this gift of the Mass. And how can we shun such a gift? There are many reasons to go to Mass, and I would like to consider 10 that I came up with. Of course, you can add to these or subtract from them as you wish. First, God commanded us in the third commandment, to make holy the Sabbath day. And if you go back, Joseph and Mary, and would take Jesus when he came, to worship every Sabbath on Sunday, or Saturday on their days, uh, to worship God in this synagogue or in the temple as, as required. And when Jesus, tell, uh, Jesus would go with them till he was old enough to, go on it, to be on his own, and then he would go with himself. <clears throat> and this is the model of family worship. You cannot keep holy the Sabbath without worship in the synagogue in the time of Christ and the worship in our Catholic Church here today. Two, 
Christ commanded us to attend Mass on Sunday when he instituted the, first, the Mass at the Last Supper before his own passion, death, and resurrection. This was the first Mass. He told us to do this in memory of him. When we celebrate Mass, we repeat the Last Supper as Jesus commanded us, using his same words through the priest who is persona Christi in the person of Christ. By virtue of his ordination, when he was anointed with the sacred oils and received the Holy Spirit. We have moved the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday to honor the resurrection. Jesus presents himself to us during the consecration in the words and actions of the priest. And that actions of the priest is the first way in which Christ is present to us in the Mass. The second way, of course, is in the Eucharist itself where he has present body and blood, soul, and divinity. Third, it is also the command of the church. The Catechism states that mass attendance on Sunday and holy days of obligation is the first of the commandments of the church. Others include the days of fast and abstinence and needing to receive, to go to confession uh, before you receive the Eucharist if you are in the state of mortal sin. There's others in, in addition. Four, the church's authority in faith and morals is absolute and Christ, as Christ's authority is absolute. Christ passed his authority to the church when he made Peter the first head of the church by handing Peter the keys to the kingdom and telling him that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. This established the authority of the church handed down until the end of time. And fifth, Mass is the perfect sacrifice created by Jesus. And we follow the form that Christ instructed us to follow, or that God instructed the Jews to follow. And you can read them in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and some of the uh, books of the Pentateuch where he describes how he is to be worshiped. And I'll draw the parallels with how we worship. First, he established that they should set up the tent in the time of Moses, later in the synagogue, follows the same format. And you shall have the sanctuary set up uh, and, and that the only the uh, consecrated priest and his attendants could go into the sanctuary, as you see here in our sanctuary, well-defined. And that the people shall sit facing the sanctuary, <coughs> just as you are all sitting facing the sanctuary. And that we'll have a sacrificial altar up front where the sacrifice will be done. And the altar shall have lampstands and it shall, and the priest, the consecrated priest, is the one who will lead the sacrifice. And then they had the Holy of Holies in the back where originally the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And it was in a separate smaller tent with a veil coming down from the ceiling of the tent to the bottom or the ceiling of the synagogue. And you remember uh, when Christ died that the veil in the synagogue was rent in two. Uh, and behind the veil was the, was the 
uh, the Holy of Holies. And you can see we have the small tent, our tabernacle, with the veil in front. And then he gave us what the order of worship would be. You start with an atonement rite. And in the, originally, they would sometimes uh, put the sins of everybody on a lamb and take it to the edge of town and let the lamb go out. It was quite a lengthy atonement rite. And we have the penitential rite uh, to start our service. So very similar. Then they would do praises and thanksgiving to God kind of like the Gloria that we have to, to praise God for who he is. And then they would read from the sacred scripture. <clears throat> and their, their case, the Torah and the scrolls of the prophets. And we read from the sacred scripture and the scrolls, and they would sing the songs of David, and we today sang one of the songs of David. And then they would talk about it, the, they, they would teach, and this is the homily. And then they would lay their needs and petitions before God. And we do the, in our intentions and our petitions uh, following the creed. And then they will set the altar, and you'll see the deacons come up and set the altar, uh, and then receive the gifts and the gifts today, the bread and water will be, uh, bread and wine will be brought to the altar. And the gifts are blessed, and the priest will wash his wash, and our priest washes his hands, doing exactly as God prescribed to the Jews in the form of worship. Then he'll bless the offering and be ready to do the sacrifice. He'll perform the sacrifice as the Jews did. And then in some occasions they'd partake of the sacrifice, which might be an unblemished lamb that might end up being roasted and the people will consume it. And we consume our sacrifice, the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ in the Eucharist. Then they'll have concluding kind of prayers and praises and a blessing of the people. Does that sound like the Mass? It's, it's incredible how closely where our mass came from and that it was God's instruction himself to celebrate it. And, and I find it sad sometimes to find that the Holy of Holies has moved outside the sanctuary. You know, God, God had it placed in the back of the sanctuary. And then it's also unfortunate that we see some of the denominations don't even follow the, the sacrificial rules of how God wants to be worshipped. Of course, Christ told us what the sacrifice is to be for us at the Last Supper when he took the bread and wine and said, this is my body, this is my blood. Six, God created us to be social beings. God wants us to come together and worship him. Christ said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I. So this is the third way in which Christ is present in the Mass among all of us here. Seven, our ancestors, and it still happens today, risk persecution and death to attend Mass. When we have children, they will need the grace and strength that come from Mass to eventually gain their own salvation. If we fail to pass it on by our own indifference or lack of commitment, 
or attendants, we do grave injustice to them and to God. What an enormous responsibility we have. Eight, Sunday is a day of thanksgiving. Eucharist is derived from the word meaning thanks. We should give daily thanks, but must do so on Sunday. Communal prayer is essential, and the Mass is the highest form of communal prayer we can offer. The two pillars of our prayer are communal and private, and both should be done, not one at the expense of the other. Nine, we receive the liturgy of the word at Mass. God is present to us in the scriptures that we are proclaimed at Mass. And Peter said, Master, you have the words of eternal life. Ezekiel ate the scroll. God wanted him to devour his words, and he wants us to devour his words. This is the fourth way in which God is present at Mass through his word. Ten, going to Mass is our loving response to the God who loved us. It is an active choice we make to give him our time, talent, and treasure. It is the ultimate prayer of the church. We are not merely spectators, but active participants in the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection. If we cannot receive communion, we can make a spiritual communion, giving one hour or more in some cases. Uh, you should have gone to the Jewish service that I described, and that might last half the morning. <clears throat> Even while traveling or on vacation, it should be important to each of us. If impossible to make Mass, as it was sometimes like during the pandemic, we could try to make it on another day or watch it on TV, watch it live stream. Of course, there are times and conditions that may prevent this, in which case we can still pray. I will always remember a boy from our parish who was a pretty good baseball player, and he was the catcher on his high school team and one of the captains. And this happened his senior year. The coach moved the practice to Sunday mornings. And this boy came up to his coach and said, Coach, I can't make practice Sunday morning because I have to be at Mass. And the coach threatened dismissal from the team. And his response was, I guess I'll just have to give up baseball. Fortunately for everyone, the coach relented. And I also remember Sandy Koufax I used. He was a Jewish man. And during his day, the old timers remember this, he is the greatest pitcher of his day. Um, and he was scheduled with, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he was scheduled to be pitching in the World Series on Yom Kippur. And he refused to pitch that day because he had to keep holy that feast day. These things made quite an impression on me in my own life as the importance of how we prioritize our worship in our lives. So let us all strive to develop the kind of resolve to attend Mass on Sundays and other times if you can, not only for our sake, for the but for those we impact and influence. And God bless. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.